if you've ever stood at a race and watched people finish at the finish line, I'd highly recommend spending some time doing that because uh, it can really stir something inside of you. Dizruns Radio, episode 731, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to uh, let you know if you're new or maybe remind you if you've been around for a while but haven't uh, haven't gotten into the giveaway yet, that uh, at the end of each month or at the beginning of each new month, I guess maybe is the better way of saying it, uh, I, I pick a winner, pick somebody at random to uh, work with for free, to give away a free custom training program for you know 16 weeks in duration for the race of your choice. Could be something long, could be something short, could be something you know that you're that you're starting training for right now. Could be something that you're not starting training for for another six, eight, twelve months. Uh, once you you win it, it's yours to cash in whenever you want. And all you have to do to get entered is head over to disruns.com/giveaway. And uh, right there on that page, it's it's real easy. It's it's literally the only thing on that page. Um, it says you know some I don't even remember exactly what it says. You can report back and let me know. But basically, you enter your name, you enter your email address, click uh, submit or click enter or click pick me to win or I don't know whatever the, whatever the button says, and you are entered. And then uh, you know somewhere at the end of like I said at the end of each month, I pick a winner. Uh, out of everybody who's entered, all you have to do is enter once. You're automatically re-entered each and every month. Um, Yes, you are added to my email list, but uh, I hope you'll find if you give if you give several of my emails a chance that uh, they're actually maybe worth reading. Maybe maybe they're actually helpful. Uh, they're more like blog posts than they are email newsletters. At least most of them are. Every once in a while, I miss the mark, but for the most part, try to make them worth worth your time. So uh, check it out. You can also head to the homepage disruns.com, and right there, there's a button that says "Click here to enter." To, it says to to win a free training program. Click that. There's a little pop up. Same thing, name, email address, and you are good to go. So if you haven't done that yet and uh, you're like, hey, maybe maybe working with a coach might be cool, but not sure it's in the budget, or maybe you want to try it out before you commit to something bigger like the Coterie or the one-to-one training, um, this is a good way to do it. And you might, like I said, you might get it for free. So check it out, disruns.com slash giveaway, and uh, may the random number generator smile upon you. Uh, for the next the next winner, which will be as this episode goes out, will be picked uh, in less than a week. So you know May is drawn to a close. Get yourself entered right now. Dizruns.com/giveaway. And if you're already entered, if you've already entered in the past, then like I said, you're good to go. You're, you're, you've still got a chance as well. So uh, now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is catching back up with past guests of the show and, you know, just kind of see how things have, have been going since our, our first chat. And, uh, sometimes, you know, that the, the catch up process is, is, you know, maybe a year or so later. Um, today it's, uh, it's a little bit longer. It's, it's about four years since we've had uh, today's guest on the show originally back in episode 109. So, uh, whew, time, time flies when you're having fun, I guess. But, uh, certainly I'm, I'm excited, like I said, to, to catch up, see how things have been going, what's happened in the four years since our first 
Brewers chat uh, with Mr. Brandon Yonke. So glad to have Brandon back for round two. Thanks for uh, coming back and joining us again, Brandon. Looking forward to uh, catching up a little bit. Danny, pleasure to be back on. It was fun the first time and hopefully equally fun this time around, but thank you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, fun, fun little thing that I, I, I was going to tell you before we started recording, but I forgot. So here we are, we're recording now. I, w- I was going back and looking at and that first episode got, uh, I think, 150 people listen to it. Um, mm-hmm. This time, we'll have 150 people that listen to it within like the first two hours of it being published. So um, no, no pressure. No, awesome you to- know, don't, no, 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 uh, no, ner- no nerves or anything like that. It's just me and you and, and, you know, a couple thousand other people that are listening in here as well. But, uh, uh, well, guys, awesome wanna... stay with it. 700 yeah. or so podcast later. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really what it takes. Just, just like, just like a lot of things, keep sticking with it and, and you keep, uh, keep building and growing. But, uh, guys, if you want to check out what Brandon's got going on website, blogs, all those types of things, Brandon wordpress.com. And that's Yonke Y O N K E Brandon, just like you would think B R A N D O N Yonke wordpress.com for the, I guess it's kind of the, 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 the central hub, I guess, but uh, runinfinite.com is uh, the, the direct link to his coaching page. There's a lot of overlap between the two, a lot of running content on both places. So I uh, definitely would encourage you to check out both sites. On Instagram, if you want to connect with Brandon, it's at Brandon underscore Yonke underscore run underscore coach. So Brandon Yonke, run coach with underscores in there in, each, in between each word. Um, and if you want to go back and listen to uh, a good conversation with Brandon, although Brandon talking well, me kind of maybe not so much. I don't know. You can you can judge you can judge if you want, uh, and hopefully you'll you'll agree that I've uh, maybe gotten a little bit better as a, as a host here. Uh, but disruns.com slash one hundred and nine again is the uh, the first conversation talking about the Great Wall of China marathon, first hundred miler, um, a whole bunch of other odds and ends and and uh, good stuff from again from four years ago. Uh, mighty how funny how time flies. We'll have that linked up also in today's show notes, which you can get to at disruns.com slash seven three one. So six hundred and 30 episodes or 20, 20 episodes later, here we are back to do it again. And uh, Brandon, you know, over the course of four years, obviously lots of things change, but uh, a lot of things sometimes stay the same. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the things that I, I don't know how this has never changed, but it's the same first question that I've always asked. And even when people come back, I like to ask it again, just to see if maybe the answer has changed a little bit. And in, in four years, um, who knows, maybe there's something that nailed in a little bit more, or you throw something out and, and uh, change the answer. So uh, you're going to start off the same place we did the first time. And that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, I'd say my uh, my favorite distance, I think I said this four years ago too, but I would say it still holds the same as the 100 mile. And why is that? Because I'm just all about being being out there. You know, sometimes it's the race is a, is a fun thing to do, but I think that the true happiness and that real joy in running just comes from covering ground and seeing seeing places that are maybe a little bit tougher to get to by foot and you really just have to have that dedication to get get out to that point. So I would still say the 100 mile for the for the adventure and for the journey uh, whether it's the race aspect or not. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's it's uh still a distance that um I I I'm not going to drop any bombshells here and say, I'm looking forward to my first hundred mile or anything like that. But I think, I think last time, I think I even said something like, that's just a, it's a crazy distance. Like who would ever do that? Um, I'm still, like I said, not ready, but I'm, I'm being my, my, uh, resistance is wearing down a little bit as far as the, the 
possibility of someday thinking about doing something as, as crazy as a hundred miler. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I know one thing that's, uh, really changed and, and I'm sure there's gonna be a bunch of things that we get into as, as we go here, but, um, you, you picked up and moved from our, our mutual home, home state of Michigan, um, out to, to Colorado, uh, since our first, uh, first time around. What, uh, I, other than, other than, I guess maybe what, what I would assume is the obvious answer of more trails and mountains and running and outdoor type of stuff being out there and in more central hub of trail racing and whatnot. Um, is that the reason that you headed out there or, or why did you, uh, pick up and move to, uh, to, to the great state of Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and guess college back when I lived in Michigan was already really into running, just absolutely loved it. Loved being on the trails, kind of found, found the trails around that time back in college. But, uh, as I was going through Denver, if you listen back on that last podcast during, uh, MS run the U S right. right. So that, that charity run that it's like, Oh my gosh, I love this city. I love the, the trails out here, the mountains, the running scene. Uh, but I'm skier too. What better city than, than going out to Denver? At least that's, that's as good as I knew of or still mm-hmm. know of. So, uh, yeah, after college just focused all my efforts on getting out here. Uh, here I am, but it's an excellent, excellent place for running and just the community in general. Yeah, that's I, I've I've you know dabbled in Denver for a, a day or two here and there for for various reasons, and uh, it certainly seems like a, a, a just a great you know great place to be outdoor living and, and getting after it, running, hiking, biking, uh, obviously all the winter sports as well. Um, so you know, on, on, I, I I kind of hate asking this question. Um, because it's just it's it's almost too vague. It's it's and especially uh, since it's been a while since we've really caught up. But um, it, it, it's it is a good I think opportunity to kind of get some some angles or some some places to kind of maybe some rabbit holes to go down. Um, so on the running front, you know what's new in the last in the last four years? <laughs> um, you know big big races, any any uh, big things to overcome adversities, anything like that. Um, you know maybe give us the the. As, as again, as terrible of a question as this is, give us kind of the, the quick overview and then uh, we'll, we'll kind of dive into a few things as we go. All right. Um, as far as I know you mentioned the word adversities, biggest thing that comes to top, top of my mind was right about exactly a year ago. Um, I broke my foot out in Rocky Mountain National Park training for this big traverse idea that I had. Um, it was like the first day that Rocky Mountain National Park's Trail Ridge Road was open. I broke my foot three miles into the run. So um, big bummer, took me off my feet for like 13, 14 weeks, somewhere right in that range. Uh, But yeah, I still wound up training for Wasatch 100, completing that. Um, What else is on the high level overview here? Black Cannon 100K, my first time out there. That was a pretty wild race last year with all the weather and i think they rerouted the course two if not three times lots lots of things so i i I definitely want to start with this whole broken foot uh fiasco because um you know i mean you you be around runners long enough and there's there's going to be some aches and pains there's going to be some some issues that crop up um sometimes they're things that you know, maybe in hindsight, we could have done a better job preventing. Sometimes it's just kind of a freak thing that, you know, you step wrong or you, you hit a, 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 you hit something, you hit a root, you hit a curb, you hit something and, and that takes you out. Um, but, uh, you know, three miles into the run, was this something that was, was one of those fluky? I mean, it kind of sounds like a fluky thing, but is that, is that kind of what, uh, what happened with the broken foot? 
<laughs> just one of those little tiny rocks, like the size of a the eraser on a pencil, wow. just sticking up out of the ground and caught the side of my shoe on it. And uh, it was it was an avulsion fracture. So you roll your ankle hard enough and it the tendon pulls that bone away from itself, almost like if you had a zipper on your shirt, just zipping right. down that bone. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's what happened. I guess the, the inspiration comes from, it was probably a couple of years ago when I was pretty fresh out here. If, if you are driving from Denver to the mountains, I 70 is the highway you take maybe 10, 15 miles up I 70, you hit this, this crest in the road or this peak out in the road. And you've got this expansive view of the Rockies in front of you. And what you're looking at is the James Peak Wilderness. And there's like five peaks that are between 12 and 13,000 feet just right in front of you. I'm like, oh, man, I need to get out in that range. I want to do that. And there's got to be some kind of a big traverse out there. Sure enough, there is. It's called the, the Fifner Traverse. And it goes like 77 miles from the northern edge of Rocky Mountain Park National Park down to uh, Berthoud Pass, which is by Winter Park. So I had my sights set on on that, and scouting that out, and maybe giving it a go sometime in the next couple of years. But yeah, man, I uh, got out there <laughs> right after the park opened that first weekend, mm. and wound up breaking my foot out there. Um, so yeah, it was it was a little bit of a bummer, but it was going to be my big my big place to train on all summer long for, for Wasatch. And that put a little bit of a damper on that too. So that's kind of where I want to, I think at least spend a few minutes here is, is kind of, you know, having this situation where it's the beginning of the season. You, you're like you said, you're, you're going to get all these miles in, you're, you're building towards a, a pretty big race. Um, and then injury happens. So when, and again, enough runners have been there that, that I know that there's some people listening that can relate. Maybe they're in it right now. Maybe they're, they're coming out of it. They've been there before. Um, hopefully, you know, those that haven't been there before will never be there, but maybe this is one of those things that kind of tuck away in the back of your mind because, you know, who knows somewhere down the line, you might need this type of, uh, of, of advice or, or of a reminder. So when you, when you go down, break your foot, get the diagnosis, um, figure out what's going on. Um, obviously disappointment, but like, how do you, how did you manage from a, uh, I don't know, mental perspective, outlook, state, staying, trying to stay positive. Like, um, what, what, what was those, you know, three months, three plus months of, of recovery process like for you? How did you, for lack of a better way of saying it, how did you avoid going crazy? Cause that's, you, know, you hear that from every runner. If I can't run, I'm just going to go crazy. How did you, how did you avoid going crazy in that time? Yeah. Um, uh, it was absolutely tough and, uh, I mean, kind of, have to have to ask yourself like if I couldn't run who would I be and it's just one of those things that at that point I'd never really thought deep into Mm -hmm. just I love running I define myself as a runner as a trail runner that's something I absolutely love to do I do it every single day and all of a sudden you break your your foot and uh and that's not the case anymore and you don't really know how long it's going to be the case for I'm sure it could absolutely be be worse things, but uh, yeah, it was it was mentally really hard, especially those first like three or four weeks, letting it heal up to be in some kind of a stable state. Uh, but after that, 
wound up being able to actually get on my, my road bike with a boot on, uh, lucked out, was able to have a boot, but I was just doing tons of riding. And even though it wasn't the same thing as being on the trails, it was enough to, to get the blood pumping, maybe get some endorphins flowing in there, get that, that feel good of being an endurance athlete. Uh, but yeah, deep in my back of my head, I knew, Hey, I've got this big race being Wasatch coming up. All of my Western tickets are riding on this and it's not a walk in the park by any means. Uh, same thing with what I wanted to be my first hard rock ticket. So, um, yeah, so I just was doing a ton of riding and I think that that diversity of, uh, different activities was to an extent, a positive thing for me too, because it gained different, uh, inspirations or perspectives on fun rides or fun routes to do. You know, it's possible to have fun on a road bike too, which I didn't really think was possible at, at that time. Um, but yeah, I wound up finding that from where I live, which is actually Morrison. I don't know if you know where Red Rocks Amphitheater is, mm -hmm. but if I ride from my doorstep to the top of Mount Evans, which is one of our 14ers out here, it's exactly 50 miles one direction. Like, oh, so I could do a, a century on my bike right out my doorstep to the top of a mountain. And that was, I think, what I really latched on to. Like, oh, I still can be training for something, still can be an endurance athlete, even with this huge clunky boot on my foot. So that was what I really focused my training on, mm -hmm. um, just having that intermediate goal instead of looking at, at the huge, huge goal. You know, finding those little stepping stones along the way that I can focus on, I think that really helped. But ultimately, uh, I wound up doing that ride. It took me something like 11 hours, and probably 75% of my power came from my right leg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but that, that was a huge mental boost for me, and I wound up getting back on my feet and actually running for maybe a month to a month and a half before the race. So didn't have a, a ton of running, but I had a lot of that aerobic from biking in there too. So then you, you, and that's exactly where I want to kind of get to next. What, what did you do from a, a running perspective, you know, with, with having a, a month, month and a half before the race, um, you know, the, the inclination for a lot of people is to, you know, kind of get right back and, and try to get, you know, get, get a couple of really good long runs in, but you forget that you haven't been running for, you know, three months, three and a half months. Um, some of those, yeah. that, that pounding can now become a problem and, and wind up being injured again. So what was, what was the training or, or what was the, the transition back to running like knowing that you've got this big race, you need to get some miles in, but knowing that you're just coming off an injury, so you can't get, you know, you can't overdo it. Uh, how did you, how did you balance that, that situation? Yeah, my, my training was a few pretty big mistakes. <laughs> That's something I, I learned from along the way as well. Uh, but once I finally got out of the boot and, uh, back on my feet, it was amazing how slow I was. You know, you just you stop running. You're not flexible anymore. My left calf I'm sure was much weaker than my right one. Um, so it started off just really, really slow, like joked around saying I felt like an 80 year old man, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that, that patience I think is a huge 
thing to have coming back from an injury. And I think part of that is I just wanted to do everything like straight out of the gate. Um, one of the first runs that I did coming back was the Pawnee Buchanan loop. It's one out right west of Boulder. It's like 26 miles long around a couple of different mountain passes and in, uh, the Indian Peaks wilderness. And I think that was a pretty big bite to take. Uh, coming right out the gate, I was definitely really sore for a couple of weeks after that, which I'm sure affected my training. But it was an eight-hour day out in the mountains. Um, and the other thing I did was I knew it was going to be super hot for Wasatch. They're predicting already one of, one of the hotter years. And I jumped straight into heat training. Mm. And I hadn't done too much heat training in the past, but I kind of knew my way around it. But I'm like, oh, man, I got to catch up. Just like <laughs> start, start right at the top, you know. And I went out for, I think my workout that I just dreamed up and decided to do was three different sets of 10 minutes wearing all my winter gear, like, like Gore-Tex tights and puffy down jacket, a beanie hat, and then take a 10 minute break in between to, to cool off. But it was, it was just way much, uh, I myself, it's probably dangerous looking back at that. But for a couple of weeks I had almost no energy um, was doing just tons of sleeping, tons of naps, not a, not a good way to, to treat your body right out the gate. So I, I definitely would say patience and just kind of trusting your base fitness level that you mm -hmm. have built up over the years as an athlete is a big thing to come into play. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, and the, the patience piece is important. Um, and I think that that uh, I can I can relate a bit to what you just said, and that it's it's something that's maybe sometimes easy to say and easy to, to tell others, and, and easy to uh, mm -hmm. encourage other people to like, hey, be smart, don't try to rush back into it. But when 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 I'm the one with the race that's in six weeks, and it's like, all right, well, I got it. Got even if it's not going to be my best race, and especially in, in your situation with you know trying to get into the, into lotteries and tokens and and keeping keeping things going on that front. Um, you know, you kind of, you know, I guess, I guess you don't have to do it, but you kind of have to, to do the race. Um, it makes it even harder to say, yeah, just be patient and don't, and don't force it. Yep. Um, outside of the fact that, like you said, you were, you were tired all the time, uh, and definitely some, some shock to the body, um, for what it was basically training for a hundred miler in, in about, uh, you know, six weeks or so, um, did it go fairly smoothly or at least as smoothly as probably could have hoped for? It, it did go right where I was hoping for. And I went into the race with, I should try and find this. Maybe I can get you a photo of it, but I wrote in my journal, all these different ideas or, or principles, if you will, that I wanted to follow during the race to make sure I stayed on track. And one of those was just, not to be going for time and be going for completion and being somebody like myself, I, I enjoy racing. I enjoy pushing hard. That was one of those new things to me. Like, Hey, I'm just going to ride the brakes this whole race because I know it's the only way I'm going to finish right now. <laughs> and I, I really can't deviate from that thing. Uh, but so that's what well, one of my goals was really one of my only ones was to finish no matter how long it was going to take me. So my big strategy, knowing that it was going to be hot, I didn't have any heat training, was to carry a ton of water, 
and ice. And by that, I mean, I had two 20 ounce bottles, one in each hand. I had a waste pack on the back with 20 ounces of water. Um, I had the PB vest, the ultimate direction PB vest with, a, I think 120 ounce bladder in it. So I was you were about down. 100, <laughs> 180 ounces of water. Uh, really once the sun came up, mm-hmm. I was just keeping tons of water majority of that was going right over my head and over my shoulders to keep me wet soaked down and then i was making sure to drink probably two handhelds between every aid station mm-hmm. um, so i was definitely running extremely heavy once i got to those aid stations that had ice was loading down everything i could with ice and that wound up being a really good strategy i mean if you're somebody that doesn't mind going slow it, it definitely worked. And part of that is too, because when your body's cooler, you're processing your, your calories mm-hmm. more efficiently as well. You basically can focus on your stomach versus trying to keep your body right. at a good temperature. So it really helped my digestive game not have any kind of a stomach issue, which all day long uh, was eating great because I was, I was so cool. So yeah, it turned out to be really good. The night was very very difficult having had no night runs my my training as well i was really cranky you could probably ask my my pacer that i had (laughs) but uh yeah wound up wound up getting to the finish line which uh i I, to an extent amazed me Mm -hmm. but uh i was i was really grateful that it all came together to be a good day and ultimately a pretty smart day yeah that's that's uh it's it's just tough. And so um, coming out of that, you know, again, trying to, to make this as, as obviously hearing, hearing about the story because it's, it's, it's interesting to me, but also trying to, to parse out maybe some, some lessons or some thoughts for some other people who maybe aren't in the same situation as training for a hundred miler or something like that. But, you know, coming off an injury, getting into a race, um, maybe biting off a bit more than they can chew, but, but adjusting the expectations down, just going to, you know, run it complete it, stay safe, come out of the, the other side of it. Um, when, once you finish the race and, and, you know, a little bit of recovery time, um, were you for the most part, again, pretty, pretty good to go or too, not too worse for the wear as far as doing a hundred miler where you're fairly, I think safe to say a bit undertrained. I was, I was safely undertrained. I think, yeah, that'd be <laughs> a, a good way to say it. Um, yeah, I knew I wasn't going to be going for anything anything fast out there, but I knew if I played it smart that I had that aerobic capacity in me to just, just grind and get it done. And and so you finished the race healthy for the most part? Oh yeah. Um, other than <laughs> my quads being trashed, right? Because the verticals there are just steep each direction, whether you're going up or you're going down, um, it is really straight up, straight down type of material out there. And the footing is very rocky, especially for what for me was the night, the night part. Um, yeah, I, I finished good. No kind of lasting injuries, just a little bit of that soreness as expected. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's, uh, I feel like that's the name of the game coming back from an injury. Yep. The first, the first race back, whether it's a, a 5k hundred mile, anything in between, you know, finish it, be healthy, maybe be a little bit sore, but whatever, be healthy 
and and able to to keep getting on at get, getting after it after that. Um, another thing that you mentioned in there with the the heat training thing, um, something that maybe not not everybody's as as aware of. I I, I kind of you know, smile a little bit to myself when I, when I hear what you did with layering up all the winter clothes. Um, cause you know, of course being in, in Florida where I am now, like, um, heat training isn't, isn't really the issue. It's uh, a, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, just, you know, just, just a normal Tuesday, but, um, maybe, maybe kind of blurring the lines between your own running and, and kind of getting into some of the coaching stuff, which I want to get to a little bit here before we, we wrap up today as well. But when it, when it comes to, preparing for a race that you are pretty aware is going to be hot, whether it's a, a fall race, that's just, you know, the, the summer has lasted on a bit longer than expected. So you're going to have a hotter temperature than normal, you know, a, a, a summer race where you just know, like it's going to be hot. Um, again, blurring the lines here, but, but, you know, how do you train slash, how do you encourage your athletes to train for a race that's going to be heat, you know, that's going to be hot. So you've got to be prepared for it, but obviously safety is a, a priority both in the training and the racing as well. So, you know, not doing too much heat illness is serious can be very much can be life threatening. So how do you, how do you kind of toe that line or, or figure out, you know, how to do your best to be prepared, but not push too far and really risk uh, a medical emergency? Yeah. The heat training is a delicate process. Um, you know, if, if you want to heat train, you can, I'm sure you could play a smart race and keep it slow and get by, uh, as well with a, with a smart hydration game too. But you know, if you're somebody that chooses to heat train, I think really going into it slowly and <laughs> patiently, as we discussed, is going to help out even, even something like, Hey, it's a hot day. And instead of wearing a t-shirt and wear long sleeves, it can, it can start you on that that heat training journey and then week by week maybe add a extra layer maybe a thin thin pair of those dollar walmart gloves next week um and then maybe throw on a a lighter jacket at some point in time a couple weeks a few weeks down the road um but but yeah and as far as how long are you in that state for during a run i mean maybe you start off with three minutes of having an extra layer on and then you take it back down do that two to three times throughout the run uh, but really it's one of those things you never want to do it on a long run you never want to do that on a on a workout day because that heat training is stressing out your body on so many different levels it's you know at that point it's not about the workout it's not about the run it's about how hot is your body getting so you really got to ease into it um, overall manage that heat and let yourself gradually build up and acclimatize to being in that heat. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, um, maybe this is a timely, timely, uh, time to maybe ask a couple more questions along this, this line of front again, from your experience and from the coaching side of things, since this episode's going out, um, right about Memorial day. So it's kind of the start of, you know, the, the stereotypical mm-hmm. start of summer across the, the United States end of May, um, you know, and lots of places are either, going to be getting hot soon or they're already hot now. Um, so, you know, when it comes to recovery after whether it's a, a proper heat training event or whether it's just, you know, you're running Chicago, so you're going to be doing some, some training in July and August and, and it's going to be hot. And so, you, you know, you're sweating, you're, you're, um, you know, just out working out or just doing work, doing yard work, doing whatever in, in the heat and the, the, the humidity. Um, 
what are some tips or some some suggestions, maybe some things that you've done in terms of recovery uh, after a heat session or just a, a good workout when it's when it's warm out to because like you said that heat that's a, a super stress on your body. How do you help mm-hmm. uh, put your body in a position to to bounce back? What are some some good principles that you found that really work for for you or your athletes? Yeah, as far as recovering, and I like how you said whether it's heat training or if it's just a hot day and that's the the big factor. Uh, I think a really helpful thing is to sleep cool. Mm. So don't want to be loaded up on, on the sheets. Uh, yeah. If you can get away with just a couple of thin sheets, you've got AC awesome, but that's where your body's going to be doing the majority of its, of its recovering. And I always tell my athletes, Hey, running is one of those things where you've, you've got to sleep. You've got to get your rest in you can't get away with a huge training block and four or six hours of sleep every night. Got to treat yourself like a human and um, get that rest that your body deserves. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is sleeping, but having quality sleep. Uh, As far as nutrition, not a nutritionist by any means, but being able to get your electrolytes back in, uh, whether you're maybe drink at noon or some kind of a goo mix. Um, you know, if you're a Gatorade guy or Martin, I know there's so many different right. kinds of drinks out there now, but finding a way to get those salts back in, um, salt, potassium, magnesium, whether you're drinking it or going to some kind of healthy food, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those dark green vegetables, bananas are just loaded up with good nutrients that we're losing during our runs. So making sure before you go to the pizza right. after your long run, <laughs> you're getting something, something healthy. And, um, and another thing is a no, definitely out here in Colorado, you don't see a beat of sweat all summer no. long. Everything's just evaporating before, before you even know that you're dehydrated. So drinking more, than you think you need to, I think is helpful. And especially something I've been doing lately, even with the the few hot days we've had this year is practicing with prehydration. So going into that run with a, a couple of bottles in my system already of Mm. some kind of electrolyte mix so that I'm, I'm one step above the run. Right. That makes sense. Right. Do you do any, um, and this is kind of the, the almost like prehydration, but not quite. But do you, do you do anything where you like uh, check your weight beforehand and then check your weight after to see how much water you you lost to know kind of about how much uh, liquids need to be replaced? I don't. Um, I, I don't even own a scale. It's, that's <laughs> kind of my my frame of mind. Mm-hmm. There is I'm, I'm never shooting for a, a race weight. Right. I'm just listening to my body. Like I think it's. It's pointless to say, hey, I want to be a hundred and some odd pounds on race day, but really you're depleting your body of something. I'd say the most important thing is to listen to your body, whatever that weight might be, your body's going to tell you what it needs. Yeah. And and so I'll I'll just give a quick once over on on that practice. And I totally agree with you as far as the weight and not worrying too much about specific pounds and things like that. But, but another alternative, another option for being safe in the summer, y'all is, um, check your weight before you go out the door, go for your Mm -hmm. run, you know, replace fluids or whatever, drinking while, while you're out running, but then check your weight again when you come back in, 
because you're, you know, yeah. even, no matter how many calories you burn, you didn't drop five pounds of, of body fat or something like that from your run. That's all, sure. that's all water weight. So come back in, figure out how much, you know, down a couple pounds, three pounds, five pounds. You know, if you're at real heavy sweater and it's really hot, you might be down six, seven, eight pounds is not unheard of. Um, yeah. so, you know, that's a good way to kind of g- come back in and then figure out, all right, so I, I'm down, you know, eight pounds, which you do the math on eight times 16 ounces, or maybe do, we'll do easier math, do five pounds. So five times 16 ounces is 80 ounces. So you need to be drinking 80 ounces plus then whatever your kind of normal hydration, normal water intake would be to help make sure that you're replacing it. Obviously you're not trying to drink all 80 ounces in, in a half an hour, <laughs> spread those out, spread that out throughout the day. Um, but definitely, and, and, you know, even if you don't quite hit that exact number perfectly, that at least gives you an idea of like, you got to take in some water after, and again, electrolytes, all these types of things. Um, but just kind of gives you a, a ballpark range of how much fluid you need to take back in. Because like we said earlier, heat illness in the heat illness, any time of year, but definitely in the heat of the summer. And especially, um, the one time I've dabbled in heat illness is, is wasn't in Colorado, but it was in California, but it's the same situation as you were talking about, Brandon, where it was, it was, hu- it, it wasn't humid, at least certainly not as humid as I'm used to in, in the swamps of central Florida. So it was like, I was barely sweating and like, I was thought I was, I, I, thought I was good and I, and I was taking enough water, um, but definitely didn't realize how much I had lost due to just the fact that I wasn't sweating or it wasn't puddling up on my skin like I'm used to. So for sure, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something to, uh, to be aware of. So, um, shifting gears slightly, Brandon, um, but not too far since we were already kind of dabbling in this coaching side of things. Um, that's another something that's, that's new since the first time we, we chatted, you got into the, uh, the coaching world, got your, got your coaching hat on. Uh, what, what prompted that, uh, kind of career, change or, or addition to, uh, to what you have going on in, in the rest of your life. Well, as well, why, why start coaching? Yeah, I had, um, just that, that inspiration, like, Hey, I absolutely love running. But if you've, if you've ever stood at a race and watched people finish at the finish line, I'd highly recommend spending some time doing that. Cause, um, it can really stir something inside of you. It's just amazing to see different people finishing and hear people's stories of, why they were even out there in the first place. I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to get involved in that. I want to be able to find people to inspire, to, to get out there and whether it's their first race or their hundredth, I think there's something really powerful about being out on the trails. And, um, just seeing, seeing that next layer of, of your personal motivation to, to keep on going. And so, yeah, I searched up on, online certifications probably the most common one that people get is the usa track and field that was my first step I wound up flying out to to las vegas actually never stepping foot in the city <laughs> um but um was was training for for three days it was like a three-day weekend of um just classes all day long i did that it was it was pretty pretty valuable i think it was something to add to the the resume to get going and there's also what's called Lydiard. They focus a little bit more on the whole endurance thing and training all the different systems of the body and uh, route to that, that final race day. And that was up here in Boulder, so nice close, mm-hmm. uh, close commute to get up there. That was about a year later. But just between those, those two courses, I learned a lot about running, um, even though you know, I've been doing it for for quite a while as far as running goes, just so many different aspects of it that are fun to, to learn about and grow your knowledge with. But yeah, so I've, I've been coaching now for about two years. 
recently had an athlete run her first race ever, which was a 50K, which is pretty (laughs) inspiring to see. Um, Yeah, just just watch her journey along the way. Got another couple going for Leadville, which is uh, a race that I love spectating, that I've been out on that course racing myself. I know how how tough it can be, Mm -hmm. but how incredible that community out there is as well. So yeah, um, it's something I, I definitely live for and that gets me up every morning and keeps me motivated as, uh, being a coach, helping, helping people get to where they want to go. Awesome. Do, do you tend to focus more on trail and ultra runners or, or, I mean, everybody always says I'll take anybody, but do you have a, a kind of a, a, a bit of a focus that you have? I think I, I vibe best with folks that are trail or, or ultra. Mm-hmm. I was just feel like a better click, at least for me right, right there. Right. Easy to, to share stories and to share best practices. And I definitely think there are some incredible road runners out there. And if that's your thing, that's, that's awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, I really enjoy working with those trail and ultra folks. Gotcha. Um, you, you mentioned that in, in the, the certification process or, or you know, between the, the, the two different uh, coaching certifications that you have, USATF and, and Lydiard, um, learn some things that, that even though, you know, you'd kind of been in and around running for, for quite a while, we're still kind of like, oh, wow, I, di- I didn't know this. Um, can, can you uh, share a couple things or a couple of tips or, or something like that, that, uh, you know, again, we've got people that are listening that have been running for, you know, literally days and weeks and, and people that have been running for years and decades, um, but always looking for good information, good, good tips that might, uh, might help somebody out. Uh, can you, can you share a couple of good coaching tips before we kind of wrap things up today? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So one of the big takeaways that I had and, uh, generally how I'm building a lot of my training plans is being able to strategically fire each different system of the body and make sure everything is trained before you jump into the next lock if you will and i guess to elaborate on that is you can't really have speed and you can't really have hills as far as you know being able to be efficient at them unless you have an aerobic base Mm -hmm. so everything starts with having that aerobic system trained just being able to get out and have that conversational pace if you will for whatever length of time correlates to your race so I'm usually building athletes, depending on who you are, like a six to 12 weeks of aerobic training just to get your heart strong, your, I mean, your muscle system ready to, to carry that kind of volume, just that agility, if you will. And then from there, we can have something to build on. So after that, usually looking at hills, going into four to six weeks, depending on your race, um, doing a hill session there. And then from that point, you've got hills which equal some strength. It's also a little bit of speed training in the skies. Then we can start working on speed. Uh, I think I see a lot of people that register for a race and they're jumping into speed right up front. I believe the best way is to make sure you've got the aerobic and you've got the hills and then you can start working on that speed. Um, That's, you're going to build a really solid, um, solid base there so after that um, maybe you got six six weeks of speed or so then we can wrap everything together that's going to be your your peak training block and ultimately the race coming up after that so i'd say that's how i'm 
coaching my athletes and I'm always doing a recovery week, usually every fourth week in there. I think that's absolutely important. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm giving athletes two days of rest per week. Sometimes I'm giving athletes one rest day per two weeks. It just depends on who you are, mm-hmm. what your body can handle at, at your point in the game. Yep. Uh, yes, I, I, uh, I, I loved hearing that and I, I thought that might be kind of somewhere you'd go with it because of the, the Lydiard background and, and that some of the foundations <laughs> that, that come from that. Um, but yeah, people hear me talking about the base so much, so I'm glad to get a different, different voice emphasizing the importance of not just doing, <laughs> yeah. you know, two, two, two weeks of running easy before diving right into hammering it at the track or, or on the Hills. And speaking of Hills, one other, one other quick question of, of coaching side of things, or just would love to get your take on it. Um, I, I feel like I hear a lot, see a lot, talk to people a lot where, you know, a hill workout is, you know, run up, sprint up the hill, walk, jog back down, repeat X number of times or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously for trail ultra races, there's, you know, you got to, yes, you need to be able to run up, but you kind of need to be able to run downhills as well. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, whenever I'm working with somebody or training myself for a race where it's, where I know there's going to be some hills, I do make sure that we get some downhill time in. What's your what's your take on the importance of of running downhill as well, um, in, yeah. in order to prepare for a race? I I think that's a fascinating question and topic, and I'm looking over at my uh, my bookshelf right now because there's an awesome book that covers it. Um, it's called The Sports Gene, and I'm looking for the author. It's on my shelf someplace over here. I can't find it, but it's okay. it's called The Sports Gene. And they cover, I believe it's Killian in that book and how good he is at running downhill. And it's, you know, part of it's your genetics, but part of it's because he does it all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're definitely right. Having that downhill is, is really important because it's training your neuromuscular system to fire those different muscles and to know each different scenario you know, if, if you've got a rock here and there's another rock here, you know, where should you step or how long should your stride be? Mm-hmm. And you definitely can get fast at going uphill and going downhill uh, by having some of that downhill. So something that I'll integrate into a training plan is downhill repeats. Mm-hmm. You're going and hiking uphill for two, three, maybe five minutes, and then you're running down at a pace that's not super aggressive but that you're activating those brake muscles right and it's allowing your your body to get used to that length of stride and if you will that math or that calculating where should you be stepping and how should you step in when you run into things like roots or rocks or Mm -hmm. corners so Yep. Got to, got to practice it. That's, that's, uh, you know, if you're going to practice running up, I think you should probably practice running down once in a while. Too. So glad glad <laughs> to hear that. I'm not the only one that, uh, thinks that cause I don't, I don't run into that many. They're like, yeah, you know, I, I feel like maybe I'm overstating, but it's just a lot of times I, I talk to, to other coaches or whatever. And if we talk on Hills, it's like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but you know, whatever, just, you know, worry about going up and activating those glutes. And I'm like, gosh, I feel like you're missing, missing the, the point there. But, uh, as we're, as we're getting to, to wrapping up here today, Brandon, um, one, one last question, something that I think is new from the first time that, that we talked and that uh, I like to, to wrap up now with something I call a philosophical question, which isn't that really that scary. It's okay. mostly just like the, uh, the introductory question uh, and that it's just open-ended. You can take it and, and run with it for a few minutes and that's where we'll put a bow on things for today. But um, I'm curious, and, and this kind of ties back into the, the first part of the conversation with the broken foot and training for Wasatch and, and how clearly that didn't go 
the way that you had drawn it up when you decided that, you know, a, a year and a half ago before, you know, before you were injured. Um, but from that, that situation, um, and, and that whole process being injured, recovery, training, truncated training schedule, you know, changing the goals for the race, but getting through it. Um, is there something, one or two things maybe that, that you really learned that you took away from that, that situation where maybe you don't look back and go, God, I'm really glad that I, that I broke my foot. But, you know, at least you can make a, a somewhat positive that you can use moving forward um, as far as a, a lesson or a philosophy or something that came out, you know, some good that came out of that whole situation. Something good. Um, I I bring it back to, I guess, diversifying your activities. I think that's pretty strong. So as I mentioned, I was doing a lot of bike riding, um, but it just gives you a different perspective. I mean, I got to see places that as somebody that's always on the trail, I'd never really given much thought to. You can find some pretty peaceful country roads out there to, to ride on. Um, it's just a different different type of zen or different type of peace for you to, to be out there with. But I spent a lot of time as well just hanging out in the community. I know I uh, volunteered at a MS bike ride that was out here and got to meet new people, uh, just, yeah, got to be in different experiences. So would I say I'd break my leg again? I certainly hope not, <laughs> but there was that silver lining. Um, yeah. And I, I guess I, I would definitely wouldn't go back and erase that from, from my history. If I had the opportunity to it's just as life goes, and I'm sure made me a better person in, in some aspect from that. Yep, definitely. And uh, like I said, that's that's a, a great way to wrap things up. Uh, once again, guys, if you want to find out more about what Brandon is doing, his coaching, anything like that, brandonyonke.wordpress.com, runinfinite.com for more coaching-specific stuff. But again, running stuff across both platforms. On Instagram, at brandonyonkeruncoach, again, with underscores between each of those words. So brandon underscore yonke underscore run underscore coach. Dizruns.com slash 109. If you want to go back to four years ago, hear us talk about kind of how Brandon got into running, Great Wall of China, first 100 miler, all that good stuff. Uh, and if you want to check out any links, photos, anything like that from today's episode, uh, Dizruns.com slash 731 is the link that'll take you back to today's show notes. Um, Brandon, good to uh, good to catch up with you. I, I, uh, um, I feel like I say this a lot, but maybe I don't always follow through that. I you know, want to stay in touch and, and maybe do this again at some point. Um, but finally, we made that happen. So uh, hopefully... <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, maybe uh, you know, as as the world turns, we can we can not wait another four plus years to maybe do this again at some point, or maybe maybe who knows? Maybe uh, I'll head west, or you head east, and, and at some point, maybe our paths cross in person, and we can uh, get a few miles and maybe sit down and have a chat in person as well. But uh, certainly appreciate your time today. Uh, thanks, yeah. thanks for making it, and uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward, my friend. It was a ton of fun. I feel like we barely scratched the surface of everything that's happened, but we'll we'll go for round three sometime. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. If you enjoyed the conversation today between Brandon and myself, as always, I'd love to hear what stood out to you. What was what was your takeaway? What was something that you you gleaned from this episode that uh, you can you can stick with you or that that will stick with you that you can implement that you can use to help your running, whether it's this year, next year, whatever it might be. What's something from today's episode that really stands out to you that you can? Uh, take with you going forward. For me, it uh, kind of goes back to when, when Brandon broke his foot and, you know, there's, there's maybe a few directions that, that uh, this could go. And I don't know if I'll, if I'll take a couple of them or if just stick to one, but 
the one you know one takeaway is just how quickly how how something little something something basically innocuous can really de- derail us from an injury perspective. Um, some little thing, some little you know a, a little stone the size of an eraser uh, is what Brandon said. Um, you know, was just enough to cause him to trip, to to roll his ankle, to break, and, and you know to have the avulsion factor to, to tear that little piece of bone off of uh, off of his foot. And now, now you know, now what? You know, now, now you got the recovery process, uh, the, the whole healing, and and trying to get back into training. And you know, when we have these things that go wrong, when we have these these incidents, whether it's injuries, whether it's some type of life event, whatever the case might be, something that keeps us out for a while. Um, it's, it's real easy to kind of have that pity party and I'm not casting any judgment on this one because I think, I think that's kind of my, my angle that, that where I, what I would do if I was in that situation of just kind of, woe is me, this sucks, um, pity party. And instead, you know, Brandon did what, what, uh, what he could, you know, and, and was it, was it great? Was it ideal to, to ride the bike wearing the boot? No, I mean, no, it wasn't, but. Did it help him to maintain some fitness? Did it help him to get outside still? Did it help? I'm sure it helped his mental health, which, you know, having a good positive mental outlook, outlook that can certainly help with the recovery process as well. So, um, you know, just, just the way that he, you know, adapted, rolled with it, adjusted his, his race goals, but still made sure that he was going to be as hopefully ready as possible, assuming that the healing went well, which it obviously did and able to still do Wasatch, you know, maybe that's not something that all of us would do. Maybe that's not something that any one of us should do, but based on where he was, his fitness, his goals, things like that, that was, that was a choice that he was willing to make. And, and I don't really have any problems with it for, for him and his situation, but the only way that he could do that was to, to not throw that pity party for himself when he got injured and just, do what he could roll with it as best as he could. And you know, that's, that's, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. So when, when something happens to me, hopefully nothing will happen to any of y'all. Hopefully nothing will happen to me, but, but if, and when something happens where life gets a little bit lifey and, uh, kind of throws, throws a curveball that I'm not ready for. If I'm unable to run for a little while, instead of, instead of being sad, instead of saying, woe is me, the goal after, you know, the goal, I think anyway, but certainly after hearing Brandon today, um, is to find out what you can do or what I can do. Can I still bike? Can I elliptical? Can I swim? Can I do yoga? What, what can I do in that situation to try to maintain some fitness and be in the best position possible once I'm able to start running again to get back up to speed? And then of course, adjusting expectations coming out of it. That's, that's key as well. So that's just uh, a little bit of, of thoughts that I have from this episode. Uh, would love to know what stood out to you. What is your takeaway from today's episode? Let me know. I'm at DizRuns on Twitter. I'm at DizRuns on Instagram. You can also shoot me an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. And as always, you can head over to the show notes for today. We've got a couple of, of new photos. Certainly got a link back to the original episode. If you want to check out uh, how poor of a host I, I was back then, How how although I was better, much better in episode 109 than I was in episode 1 or 9. Um, so maybe it's not as bad as I think, but I, I, I like to think, I hope at least I'm a bit better now, but if you want to check that out, disruns.com slash, uh, one Oh nine, also a link in the show notes for today, disruns.com slash seven, three, one, leave your comments, leave your thoughts, leave your feedbacks in the comment box on the page as well. If you're so inclined and while you're at the website, just click over to the homepage and get yourself entered in the giveaway. If you haven't done so already, disruns.com slash giveaway or right there on the homepage, disruns.com 
uh, get yourself entered, and uh, you never know. You might uh, you might be the the lucky number that gets chosen by the random number generator, and uh, then I'll I'll be looking forward to working with you for free. And I, I've said this before, but again, if you, if you're new, maybe you haven't heard this before. This isn't like some watered down, less than training plan. This is the exact same 16 week training plan as what I would do uh, if somebody hired me. You know, for the people that, that hire me, that pay me to do that, to, to the, the, the purchase a, a training plan. Um, the winner gets the exact same level of care, treatment, attention, uh, all of those things. So uh, it's not some half-baked thing. It's 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 the real deal, uh, at least as far as as uh, what you would get if you paid for it. So you know, there's that too. It is it is a, a worthwhile prize. So check it out, disruns.com/giveaway. And uh, until next time, I think this is a, a good enough place to to call things call it a day here. So until next time, please be well. Please take good care. Thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed this one, share it with somebody else. Tell a friend. That always helps. Uh, And until next time, see you guys.